Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's the Awesome NFL DFS Strategy Show, week 17. The, 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 the show were really. News matters more than anything, right? There, there's no kind of projections we could go over anything that's really any more important than news because we've got key players resting. We've got teams that don't care about games. We've got teams that really care about games. So motivation's a factor. We've got narratives. There's, there's all kinds of stuff going on. The show is sponsored by Yahoo. Guys, also, don't forget, subscribe to the Podcast Network. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And don't forget to give Jeff and I a thumbs up. So, Jeff, let's talk about Week 17 as a whole a little bit before we get into this. How do you approach week 17 differently from other weeks? Because it is a lot different. Oh, yeah, man. Week 17, Greg, you got to put your big boy pants on, you know? <laughs> like, men only, right? right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's, you, there's weird things are going to happen. Like, guys we think are, like, going to get full workloads probably won't. Uh, teams will probably make decisions at halftime, be like, oh, yeah, maybe we'll just uh, – We'll just not play some players in the second half. So you'll probably see a couple spots like that. I will say this about this week 17. There's a lot of important games. Like uh, most of the games have some kind of relevance attached to them. So this actually for me, isn't as crazy a week 17 as we've seen in the past, at least in my opinion, maybe I'm misremembering it, but um, yeah, it's still one of those things you go with the flow. I think the biggest thing is when you're focusing on values and just picks overall and guys who might be getting more opportunities, really just go with like the ones you feel the most secure about. Like there's a couple guys and we'll get to them who I feel pretty secure are going to get good workloads. And those are the guys I'm going to go with. I'm not trying to get going to get too fancy, you know, with, with guys who maybe aren't as secured in their load or like don't have as, we just don't know as much about them. So that's kind of the way I'm approaching it. Yeah. So one thing that's very different for me and it has to be this week opposed to other weeks is I'm really focusing on teams that want to win and have, have actual motivation because we see all the time in week 17, and I think one notably one was with the Patriots, I want to say two years ago, where I remember like Rob Gronkowski was like the second or third highest on player on the slate. He played like eight snaps and scored zero fantasy points. Yep. So it, it's it's always going to be a point for me. I always think about that when I think about week 17s, is I'm, I'm always going to focus in, in these situations on which teams actually have something to play for, just so I can be confident in teams and those players playing the regular amount of snaps and getting the regular workload. Because there are teams that need to win this week to get into the playoffs. And then there are also a handful of teams. The Chiefs have the one seed locked up. The Steelers who are just like Mason Rudolph starting against Miles Garrett. Let's go, let's go do that angle. And so there's there's a whole lot of of teams that just have have no motivation or nothing to play for. 
Yeah, absolutely. Motivation is a big thing. I think uh, like one spot this, this week, I think it, it could be a little dicey is, is the bills. Um, I know there's seating and stuff, but like there's, there's some rumblings. They don't even want to win this game because if they lose it, they'll have a better shot of facing Miami or something to, like that. Right. So I think there's a couple spots like that. You're going to have to be careful. Uh, otherwise, you know, most of the, the player, the teams that are in contention, you're going to see them play. I mean, green Bay, it wants to win. They need the number one seed, you know, New Orleans still chasing number one seed, things like that. Right. So like I said, it's not as convoluted a week 17 as I've seen before, but it's still there. there you still got to be careful. So I think you mentioned something there that makes for a good starting point, And that is with the bills and Josh Allen, because as of right now, Josh Allen is projected to be the third highest owned quarterback on the slate, taking on the dolphins. Josh Allen's obviously been a fantasy monster this year. Uh, I know that in, in, in the NFL MVP vote, and the way it works is everybody just votes for one guy. It's not like other sports. It's like you make a list of top five. If it was for me and I was making a list, I'd have Josh Allen third. It would be Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers up there, and then we'd have Josh Allen in third. Uh, it's, it's clearly a different tier, but he's been great this year, and it's uh, also led to a lot of fantasy points, averaging 27.7 DK points per game. Also, the popular play here, I don't think I'm going to be on the Bills. Actually, I'm I'm very confident I'm not going to be in the, on the Bills for Week 17 because, like you said before, I don't know what their motivation is here. Sure, maybe he starts the game, maybe he comes out at halftime. This just isn't the spot I'm going to focus on. And as great of a fantasy producer as he is, this again, the Dolphins need a win. They have a they do have a very good defense, and I, I just don't feel comfortable enough targeting a spot where I'm not sure these guys are going to play the entire game. So, so what do you make of a fairly chalky Bills team with questionable motivation? Yeah, this this feels like it could be the the bus spot, like the the spot where um, <laughs> the rug gets pulled, right? I mean, th- like I said, there's been legit rumblings. Like Sean McDermott has gone on and said, like, we'll see, you know, things like that to that effect for the Bills. There's been no concrete news that I've seen that they're resting, but like, there's a lot of news outlets speculating that this isn't like the worst idea. So when that generally happens, it's the smoke fire analogy, right? Um, something is probably going to get something's probably going to happen here where the bills probably don't play the whole game. At least in my opinion, uh, I, I think it's actually crazy. He's up there. I know people, I like Josh Allen too. I agree. Third and MVP voting hundred percent. You know, if he had a big game here, who knows, he might even get bumped up. But the point is like for DFS insanely risky in my opinion. Um, and really not a risk you have to take. Like you have Deshaun Watson up there at the same price. I know he's chalky, but he's not that much chalkier from our projections. Um, and you've got a guy that I like, Greg and Ryan Tannehill. They're cheaper in uh, a must-win game for Tennessee. Like this is like they, they're not resting anybody. So I, I think Josh Allen is an easy fade for me if he gets any ownership. As my kids yell in the background, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my take on the Bills too. I'm, I'm avoiding. Yeah, the, and and I think your daughter agrees with you. She was definitely yelling, "Daddy, don't play Josh Allen." That was that was what it sounded like to me in the background. So and I think there the other thing we have to consider is. With ownership this week, and I think this has to do with it being week 17 and people just not knowing what to make of a lot of these situations, there is no real chalk as of now. I think Derrick Henry is going to end up being pretty popular, but we have no quarterback projected over 10%. Then we get to running back. We've got Derrick Henry over 20%. He is the only player on the entire slate projected for over 20% ownership. All tight ends are sub 10%. So this is as flat as owner of ownership as we've ever seen. So it's not something I'm weighing all that much, how highly players are owned. I'm really just going with, these are the guys that I think will play a significant amount of snaps. These are the guys I think will play well. And there's not too much else that I'm considering. Uh, you mentioned Deshaun Watson. You also mentioned Ryan Tano. I think that's a great game to stack. Both teams look like they're going to win. Uh, at least not, both teams don't look like they're going to win. Both teams look like they want to try to win this game. 
uh, we, we've heard uh, from Romeo Cornell that Deshaun Watson is going to play the entire game. He said yep. the only way that he considers sitting him, he said if they're up 45 points at halftime, he'd consider sitting him in the second half. So uh, looks pretty comfortable that we're going to get a full game of Deshaun Watson. And he's been great from a fantasy perspective. The matchup against the Titans is also favorable because Tennessee games have been ridiculously high scoring all year. And if you look at the totals for this week, fairly low across the board, but then we've got Houston, Tennessee, 56 point total, one of only three games with a total over 50. So just by far the highest total game on the slate, that is a spot that I'm definitely looking to stack. So between Watson and Tannehill, which do you think is the better fantasy quarterback this weekend? So I think from uh, the cash game perspective, um, you know, single entry, probably Deshaun Watson. I really like Brandon Cooks here too. It's interesting to know with, with Brandon Cooks, the two times he's had 10 or more targets this year, he's gone for over 30 DK points. And then you have the Titans who allow a ton of pass attempts, the second most of pass attempts in the league. Um, they allow a ton of receptions to the wide receiver position. So it sets up as a spot where the, the Texans are coming as, a, as underdogs and Cooks is probably going to get 10 plus targets doesn't mean he's going to get 30 fantasy points, but it's a good spot. I bring that up because a Watson Cook stack is going to be, it's definitely up there for me. I still kind of prefer Tannehill in GPPs. I think he's going to be have like half the ownership. I think that, you know, I know ownership isn't going to be as big a deal. I agree, but Derrick Henry's still the most popular play on the slate. Pairing Tannehill with AJ Brown in the spot. I love it. Both these secondaries are terrible. You can come back with Brandon cooks. Uh, who's one of my favorite plays wide receiver for sure. But um I do like both these quarterbacks. And like I said, Watson more of the single entry cash game for me, but I, I definitely like going overweight on Tannehill if you're doing like multi-entry. Yeah. And then, so talking about ownership, like I said before, the only player that I actually think is going to be chalky on this slate is Derrick Henry. So there is yeah. leverage to making Titans passing game stacks. If you go with Tannehill to AJ Brown or Corey Davis, then you're going to have natural leverage off of Derrick Henry because he's really the only player on the slate that I think is going to end up being massively chalky unless we get some other news that just totally changes everything. It doesn't look like that's going to be the case right now. So if you are really weighing ownership this week and are looking to make the leverage stack, I think that is the way to go. That's the one way to maybe pivot off of, off of the chalk. Uh, other quarterbacks, once again, Mitch Trubisky, the, the highest owned cheap quarterback for what feels like the 10th week this season He's been fine. He's playing very well as of late, but still the fantasy upside has not really been there. He scored 24 fantasy points last week. That's the most he scored all season. He continues to pick up ownership. I get there is motivation here and I'm probably more interested in Trubisky this week than I've been in previous weeks. But once again, Jeff, I always yield to you when it comes to Mitch Trubisky information, because <laughs> you are, you are, you are the Mitch guy of the program, as I've said in the past. So True. what do you, what do you think of Mitch Trubisky against the Packers and, and definitely a spot where I want the bears to win for yeah. own personal interests? Oh, there you go. I mean, um, yeah, me and the other four Mitch Trubisky truthers, um, you know, of the world think this is an okay spot, to be honest. Um, he's playing really good. And and like the Packers defense, they're, they're, they're solid. They got after the QB a little bit, but I like the changes Chicago's made. Um, I will say this. He's not my favorite cheap QB. Um, I, I think that again, it's almost similar to like a Watson Tannehill situation where, I like Drew Locke better. You talked about games to target. I really like this Vegas-Denver game, too, for all similar reasons. You're going to get a quarterback who's guaranteed to be playing. He's playing, a set, might be playing for his job next year, quite frankly. Uh, Drew Locke absolutely needs a big game. And then you have the, the Vegas defense, which is right up there with Tennessee and Houston. So I think that Trubisky, Drew Locke, um, I think you get like $600 cheaper, too, with Drew Locke. You get lesser ownership. 
For GBPs, I'd lean Locke. I think Trubisky, again, it's a very similar thing. I think he's got a safer floor, but you know, we've seen the upside really maybe hasn't quite been there with Mitch as much as I'd like it to be. You're looking at maybe 25, maybe 27 points kind of thing if he has a really good game. And, um, you know, it's a pretty good uh, Green Bay D-line and, and also David Montgomery's running well, right? So I think Drew Locke has better upside. And I think at, at that low a price, I would rather go there for cheap QBs. So I would love the Bears to win this game. As I've uh, told you before, I have a pretty significant amount of money invested in Patrick Mahomes MVP, which was something two ah. weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I just thought it was a lock. I was like, done deal. And I always... I, I always I always reconfigure my um, like how much money I have invested in futures and stuff like that, and I'll consider certain things. I'll be like, this is a win, or I'll just say like, all right, this is a dead bet. It's a loss. Two weeks ago, I considered my my Mahomes money. I was like, that's a win. Then last week, the odds had moved a little because Mahomes is like minus five hundred. He got up to. Then last week, he was like minus two fifty. I was like, all right, I still put, I still feel pretty confident, but it's not a lock anymore. And now this week, I'm looking. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Like, I think Mahomes, my Mahomes MVP bet might be dead. I couldn't I, remember, Greg, if you bet Rodgers or Mahomes because I know Mahomes. you mentioned it to me last week. So okay, you get you got you get a pretty bad beat. I mean, <laughs> like, so what what I really need to happen here is I need Mitch Trubisky to come through for me because. If, if the Bears beat the Packers and the Packers yeah. don't have the one seed, that's kind of the situation where Rodgers doesn't win. And the other thing, too, is we just got into a situation, and nobody wants to hear me rant about this for the next 30 minutes, although I could. <laughs> but but if, if there was a situation where, as dumb as this sounds, if the Chiefs don't come from behind to beat the Falcons last week and then we get like a big Week 17 Patrick Mahomes game to get right. the one seed, then it makes a difference. But because they clinched the one yeah. seed a week early, it kind of leaves a different taste in people's mouths where he has to yeah, sit Week 17. People can't remember Patrick Mahomes because they haven't seen him for a week. I, that's what I mean by you got a bad beat because now Mahomes is resting. And the, the, there's even worse news here for you, Greg, because like the Bears secondary, this is actually good. It's a good segue to talking about Aaron Rodgers. The Bears secondary is down two of its starting cornerbacks. So like Devontae Adams, like Jalen Johnson, uh, Buster Screen, both out for Chicago. Like Aaron Rodgers is in play this week too. I mean, um, he's trending with really low ownership here. Um, you know, 7,400. We've got him projected at 3%. Like, I don't mind that play now at all. I know it's Chicago, but like being down two quarterbacks against Devonta Adams, yikes, man. Um, I would not be shocked. And look, Aaron Rodgers knows like where he's at in the MVP voting. Like he knows if he throws like a couple touchdowns here, he's getting it. He's probably going to throw more than a couple touchdowns in my opinion. So um, I, I, and yeah, it, I think Rodgers is, is not quite a mortal lock. And again, sorry, Greg, um, but you know, with the way they like to give it to veterans in the spot, He'd have to like he'd have to get beat up pretty bad by Chicago, and I just don't know if they have the personnel this week to do it. So, yeah, and I'm on the same page with you. And also, this is a nice little hedge off of my bets anyway, because I also exactly. really like Aaron Aaron Rodgers this week. The other thing too yeah. is if you look at the wide receiver position and overall the slate as a whole, we're going to end up with a decent amount of value. And there's kind of a lack of guys to pay up for now that Alvin Kamara is out, Dalvin Cook is out. So if you look at the wide receiver position, we've already talked about also how we're maybe a little wary of the Bills guys. By far, Devontae Adams is the best pay-up option at wide receiver. So that's one of the other reasons I really like Aaron Rodgers is we know where basically almost all of his targets are going to, right? Like sometimes he throws the ball to other guys, but by and large part, if Aaron Rodgers plays well, Devontae Adams plays well because Adams gets at least 10 to 12 targets basically every week now. So I think that stacking Rodgers with Adams, which by the way is not picking up all that much ownership right now, at least not as much as we would normally expect from him, I think it's a great way to go in GPPs. So that's, that's something I'm definitely on board with. Um, in terms of a cheap QB, here's my favorite cheap QB, and I, I'm curious for your thoughts. Okay. I like Phillip Rivers. 
So this is a game that the that the Colts are also looking to win, and it's a very favorable matchup against the Jaguars. I kind of think some of these teams in must-win spots too. Th- there's not as much need to kind of ease up later in the game, right? If they get up by a couple touchdowns or something like that, because they're, they're playing for seeding, they're playing for the playoffs. So I, I don't think teams are taking any chances, and I think it's such a favorable matchup for Philip Rivers against the Jaguars. Rivers threw the ball 35 times last week. His passing numbers aren't quite as good this year as they've been in previous years, but he's also played a pretty tough schedule. And I, I think that this game against the Jaguars is one that he could really have a big game. Also, T.Y. Hilton is, is revitalized. He's alive again after being dead for most of the season. So we've got somebody to stack him with there. So Phillip Rivers is, is a cheap quarterback who I like marginally more than the chalky Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I I don't I don't mind that. So you're the second person who's brought up Philip Rivers to me in like the last 12 hours. So um, I de- I'm definitely going to take a look at it. My problem with a little bit of a problem with Rivers is like yeah, Hilton is I guess the guy you stack him with. You're right. Like his targets have come on. He's still not getting targeted that much, and now he's 5800. So that's kind of why I like the Drew Locke like Fant or, or Tim Patrick combo a little bit better. Like Fant is averaging almost 10 targets over his last two games. He's a cheap tight end. It can let you fill the tight end position, but I definitely see the, the credence here. I, I think Rivers could could you know have like one of those three touchdown games where he might only throw thirty times, but he just might be so efficient because Jacksonville's terrible. So I definitely am on board with the T.Y. Hilton pick too. I would even consider T.Y. Hilton just on his own. Uh, I think that's gonna that, that's a nice like low and pivot here. Indy has tons to play for. They're not resting guys unless they get up like thirty points. But if you get up thirty points, you probably already had a good fantasy day. So. Um, I definitely don't mind the spot at all. I still think I prefer that lock Broncos stack, although it's probably like got a way bigger bust factor attached to it because Drew Lock is terrible. But yeah, I, I can see the I can see the idea behind uh, Phil Rivers. Absolutely. Any other quarterbacks that really stand out to you? I mean, I think a lot of these guys are pretty flat. Like, there's not yeah. any individual play. I'm like, oh, this guy I absolutely need to play. Uh, of of yeah. the guys we mentioned, I think those are the ones I'm most apt to play. It's going to be. Deshaun Watson on the high end or uh, Aaron Rodgers, just because there's no ownership there. Uh, or it would be Ryan Tannehill for the leverage off of Derrick Henry. And then going down cheaper would be Phillip Rivers for me. Any other guys that, that do really stand out to you? Not really. Just to, to wrap it up. I really like going cheap this week with a guy who's secured like Drew Locke uh, 5k. I just think that's a really good spot against Vegas. Um, for me, for the higher end for GPPs, I like pivoting off of Watson to Tannehill. I like the Rogers call as well that we just kind of made together. So those would be the two high end guys I'd be looking at. You know, I might throw like a Justin Herbert lineup in just because it's Justin Herbert and I love him. But um, you know, I, I think Rogers and Tannehill are better plays there personally. So that's kind of how I'm dicing it up. All right. So moving over to the running back and the only guy on the entire slate who's projected for more than 20% ownership right now is Derrick Henry. I think if you're in a cash game and you're paying up for one player this week, it has to be Henry some of the other key running backs on the slate at the, on the high price. Alvin Kamara is out due to COVID. Dalvin Cook's out because his father passed away. So I think that that makes Derrick Henry just a lock for cash games. You absolutely need to play him in a favorable matchup against the, against the Texans and a game that Tennessee's looking to win. I think Derrick Henry is the guy to pay up for in cash games. Do you feel any differently than that? No, no, not at all. I mean, look, it's Houston. Um, they just, they just give so many points to the RB position. And I mean, they're terrible everywhere. Like I said, I mean, they, they're, they have a really thin secondary going up against the lead wide receivers. But look, um, Derrick Henry is going to get touches. Like even if, even if AJ Brown catches like two long touchdowns, it doesn't mean Derrick Henry is all of a sudden not going to get like 20 plus touches. Right. So it's a fantastic spot. 
Uh, I actually thought his uh, his price this week would be more expensive. Like I thought he might push up to like 9,800. So 9,400 actually looks too cheap. Uh, I got absolutely no reason not to play him. I, again, really, unless it's kind of a spot where you're making like just more passing centric Titans lineups, which makes sense. But uh, I'd much rather be overweight Derrick Henry. And it, even more so with, with all these guys out now. I mean, um, it's probably going to lead to higher Derrick Henry ownership. But like, do you really want to be underweight there? I mean, I, I don't. So not much else to say. It's just uh, it's just a smash spot, as you know, most people in our industry would say. <laughs> yes, uh, I agree. I think that's the guy to pay up for. And then I think in cash games, it's probably not going to be all that hard to fit Devontae Adams and Derrick Henry in. There's going to yeah. be some cheaper players available. So that, that's the route that I would recommend people go down. Uh, and then in GPVs, I'm going to be overweight to Derrick Henry also. There's just a lack of guys to pay up for, and I think it's such a good spot. The Titans are seven-point favorites against Houston in a game with a 56-point total. And like I said earlier, not very many games with a high total on the slate. So Derrick Henry makes all the sense in the world to me. I, I don't think there's too much else to say there. I, they're also probably going to give him the ball like 30 times, and he, he's already got the rushing title cinched up with Dalvin Cook resting, and he was probably already uh, – he, he was already going to get it anyway. Yeah. So then – uh, talking about some of those other running backs who I just mentioned that are out. So Alvin Kamara out. So we could we could expect Latavius Murray to play a bigger role. Uh, Alexander Madison likely going to be starting at running back for the Vikings. He was a little banged up earlier in the week, but that no longer looks like a concern. What are you doing with some of these backups coming into to bigger roles? Do you think that these are both good plays or are there other places you like to go for cheap? So, I, you know, I was initially thinking like this might be a good Madison, like sort of bounce back, you know, he burned everybody in this position last time and maybe not as many people would get on it, but now, now he's projecting towards the second high. We have him as the second highest owned RB on the slate. And actually, you know, you, you dig into what Alex, Alex Madison has been doing the last few weeks, COVID list, concussion list. Like this guy hasn't played. He, he's not coming in like ready to go. This isn't a player who's been sort of, uh, just sitting there chomping at the bit, getting a few carries. Like he's actually been out a bit. I'm pretty worried about the spot is what I'm trying to say. And, and I, I don't think you need to, to put yourself in. I know it's the lions. I know I understand, but um, the, the, the Vikings pass offense, I, I think has a great shot to go off here. So I'm looking at, at these RBs here. Now you have choices. Like I think Latavius Murray is a better play than Alex Madison. We know the saints love to use love to use the RB in the pass game. Murray's pretty good pass catcher. We've seen him go for long uh, receiving touchdowns. I like that play better than Alex Madison. I like getting up to, to DeAndre Swift better than Alex Madison. Another great pass catcher. The Vikings rush defense has been terrible. Um, if if Justin Jefferson does go off in this game, Swift's probably going to be used heavily as a, uh, a receiver. And I'll be honest. I even like Zeke Elliott better than Alex Madison. Um, Zeke looked good last week. I think the Cowboys are going to try and run the ball as much as possible against the Giants. I don't necessarily like Zeke's upside as much as, say, Swift's or maybe even Murray's, but I still think he's a viable player this week. So with that in mind, I have what I think is kind of an interesting pivot play. But first, uh, today's show is sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. The most trusted name in fantasy sports, Yahoo DFS, now includes CSV upload and CSV edit features. For those looking to play multiple lineups, make better choices, choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy. So talking about how maybe you're a little skeptical of Alexander Madison, Mike Boone, Boone. Min, min price, and he's been effective when he's actually gotten to touch the ball. Like you said, Alexander Madison, COVID list, concussion list. He was questionable earlier in the week. I think he was dealing with some kind of knee or ankle injury or something in practice. Not an issue now, except there was a point earlier in the week where he was questionable. Mike Boone, 
5.6 yards per carry last year, five yards per carry this year. I know it's small sample size, but he's generally been effective when he's run the ball. Do you think he's worth taking some shots on in tournaments? Yeah, in tournaments, I don't mind. I wouldn't mind sprinkling him in, I guess. Um, again, if we're doing like three max or single entry, I'm just going to pay up to Ty Johnson at 4,300 though. Um, Gore out, which is the big factor, right? But but Michael Pirine is also out. Um, it, it, it's like legitimately, finally, the Ty Johnson show. Uh, we've seen this guy make some explosive plays too, like when he's actually been given opportunities. The one time he took a main carry workload, he put up over 104 yards and uh, and, and found the end zone. The Jets are the better team this week, Greg. Like the Patriots stink. They're terrible. I think this is a really, really good spot for Ty Johnson. So I I, I agree. I'm kind of a Mike Boone truther. He's been a really good preseason uh, player when we've seen uh, seen him in DFS preseason. I kind of think he's probably the better back between Alex Madison, but I don't know if I want to rely on Boone getting like even like 50% of the carries. Cause I just don't know what's going to happen there. If we got some word like pregame, that's like, yeah, Boone's going to be the feature back completely changes things. I'd much rather be far more overweight Mike, Mike Boone. But um, I think Ty Johnson is, is in a really good spot here. And I know Ty Johnson was a pretty good prospect coming out of college. He's explosive. Like I said, um, he's looked good this year. So I, that that's where I want to go. I want to be overweight Ty Johnson to the field this week. That's my play down there. Uh, sub 45 for sure. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I wrote an article for Osmo on, I think it was Wednesday when my football article comes out. And I, I had said that I, I like Ty Johnson a lot then. It's it's very hard to write football articles early in the week on for a week 17, but I haven't, I haven't moved off that stance. Ty Johnson is my favorite cheap running back on the slate. You know what I'm a little disappointed by is that we didn't get a situation where I was hoping that the Jets were going to be in position to where it was week 17 and they needed a loss to get Trevor Lawrence the number one pick and for Bill Belichick to come in and sabotage it by resting everybody against the Jets. I was so geared up for that to happen, and now it's just a game that doesn't matter for either team. But Ty Johnson, yeah, I mean, the Patriots defense has been nowhere near as good this year as it was last year. Like you mentioned, also, everybody else is out for the Jets in the backfield. Ty Johnson's been efficient when he's touched the ball, even though the Jets can't get anything done on offense this year. Ty Johnson's been efficient running the ball. He's been involved in the passing game. I think he's a great play at 4,300. I'm, I'm willing to roster him on FanDuel and DraftKings. Yep. Yeah, um, I, I, I like it. Uh, a couple guys bringing up Malcolm Brown on the on the Rams as well. I don't hate that play. Uh, obviously, we're going to assume Cam Akers is going to get ruled out. He hasn't practiced all week. I, I think Sean McVay is just you know, praying to the gods or something. But um, the, the one issue I have with Malcolm Brown is Arizona's run defense is actually pretty good. Like they, they've stuffed some pretty good running backs at points this year. So, and realistically, like Wolford's going to be their QB. I know the Jets are, are, are a better offense, but I just don't know if I want to rely on, on, a, on a Rams running back with like a backup QB against an, a pretty good run defense, to be honest. So um, I, I would prefer Ty Johnson there, but Brown's in play at 4,300. It's going to be a main carry guy. For sure. So you could uh, you could think about both, or uh, you could you know spray uh, you know wait both as you please. But uh, I I would rank them Johnson uh, ahead of Brown. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have some exposure to Brown just because also uh, Cam Akers it looks like he's not gonna play. Daryl Henderson's on the IR also, so that just kind right. of leaves Malcolm Brown there. And then you start to look at you know a quarterback who's just thrust into this must win sort of situation for the Rams, and you think if he's forced to throw the ball, what is he gonna do? And I usually think he's going to right just check down to the running back who can catch passes. So yep. this could yep. be a game where Malcolm Brown catches a, a bunch of balls and gets targeted a lot. Um, one thing I thought was weird, and it's moved a little bit now. I don't know how the Cardinals were underdogs in this in this situation. No, no. It, it was. I mean, now they're up to three point favorites. I have them at, at plus money and plus points. 
But that, that was crazy to me. I, I definitely expect the Cardinals to be a more likely team to win. And actually, looking at the lines this week is, is interesting because I thought that was weird too. And, and I, think, I think that was a case of the books just necessarily haven't quite adjusted. And I think they're still, they're still skeptical a little bit about Kyler Murray, which maybe tells you that Kyler Murray is a little bit of a, a risky play. I think he's a risky play anyways because of the Rams' defense. But the other line that was weird is, and this again speaks to Josh Allen and the Bills, the Bills are minus two and a half favorites at home. Yeah, like, minus three. In now. what like in what world are the Bills only minus two and a half favorites against the Dolphins right now? Um, they should be like you know minus six or something, in my opinion. So I think that's speaking to again the books thinking Josh Allen isn't going to play the whole game. So things like that, you know, again you don't want to read too much into it, but it is pretty interesting when you look at some of these lines um, factoring in you know what might happen in Week 17. So. Yeah, so, and I think we could uh, transition to the wide receiver position talking about the Bills, unless there's another running back you want to bring up. No, I think that's it. Uh, I mentioned, you know, that I, I definitely like the mid-tier range, like I said, between 6K. The, the, between Swift, between Zeke and, and, and Murray is really where I'm targeting there. I think you could even make pretty balanced. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lineups, if you're going to fade Henry. Again, I don't think you necessarily have to, but there is a, a lot of options in that mid-tier range. It's nice because then it lets you stack uh, a lot of those um, high-end wide receivers. So for lineup construction, that's kind of something I'm looking at. Yeah, so moving over to the wide receivers now and then bringing back up the Stefan Diggs and the Josh Allen stuff that we talked about earlier is the line for that game is really one of the main reasons that I'm that I'm off the bills this week also is yeah. that that line is just set in no man's land right it's it's set in a spot where it's like we're we're assuming the dolphins want to win but maybe the bills want to win we're not sure because realistically if the bills are full go in this game they're what seven point favorites or so in this spot yeah. maybe seven and a half however if they're resting everybody then the Dolphins are probably three and a half point favorites or something like that, just because the, the Bills are still a better team, but right backups and the Dolphins need to play for a playoff spot. And we, we see that in some other weird spots where it's a lesser team playing a better team, like the the Chargers playing the the Chiefs. The Chargers are only favored by three. The Chiefs have all their backups playing. Like that's a weird line too. I don't really know what to make of that. But this is a line that doesn't really make sense because it's going to be wrong, right? The, the Bills should either be favored by more than three points or the Dolphins should be favored. And it's it's kind of set in a spot where the only thing I could think the logic behind this line is to what you said is we're just assuming, hey, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, we're going to get these guys some work and they're going to come out around halftime. So that's kind of something I think is pretty realistic and in the, in the, one of the reasons that I'm off of Allen and Diggs. Uh, so he's going to be a fade for me. We've talked about Devontae Adams as a payup option. Um, I, I think here's here's an interesting comparison. So for GPPs, who would you rather spend up for on DraftKings, Devontae Adams or Derrick Henry? <laughs> for a GPP lineup, I'd rather go Devontae Adams. You know what? I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you, and here's the reason why. At wide receiver, there are not nearly as many pay-up options. Yep. Whereas, at, or not, I won't say not as many pay-up pay options, because that's not really the case. There aren't pay-up options at running back either. 
there are less options overall at the wide receiver position. Whereas running back, there's a bunch of cheaper guys that we rattled off just now, right? Uh, yeah. Latavius Murray, if you like Alexander Madison starting for Dalvin Cook, that's that's a way to go. There's there's Malcolm Brown. We talked about Ty Johnson. So there are a lot of guys that I see as viable value plays, whereas wide receiver, I'm not quite as confident. So if you're going with some of these cheaper running backs, then it's very easy to get up to Devontae Adams and he makes all the sense in the world. I don't feel as confident in cheap wide receivers to let me get up to Derrick Henry. Now, with that said, I'm going to probably be overweight to the field on Derrick Henry and Devontae Adams, but I'm going to have more exposure to Devontae Adams. Yeah, and that's pretty much my thinking as well. There's just there's just not as, as many wide receivers I trust with to, to get that kind of workload and, and upside as Devontae Adams, as there are running backs. There's so many running backs that are getting boosts in carries and opportunity this week. And with, with running back, that's really the big thing, right? You know, um, we, we mentioned Ty Johnson, but like Zeke is kind of back into a, a full carry workload. This is a really pre- cheap price for him. Murray, I think, is, is in a really good spot. And even Madison, who I probably rank last of those guys, he's still getting like a huge boost in opportunity against a terrible rush defense, right? All those guys have way more upside than usual. I just think that, again, with a wide receiver, you just don't necessarily really have that situation with with maybe anyone, right? So, um yeah, I, I definitely, if I'm choosing between the two, it's going to be Devonta Adams, especially in GPPs, because um, that's the other thing with the Camara news too. Like Henry should be higher on than Devonta this week. So let's talk about some of these secondary wide receivers. Then the next price tier below Devonta Adams, we have uh, Stefan Diggs. We're kind of ruling him out, but then Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson, Allen Robinson, DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to consider those four guys to be the next tier of wide receiver. Of those four, which do you prefer? So Ridley, Diggs, Hopkins, Robinson, right? Uh, it's, well, Diggs, who are kind of ruling out, I assume, at this right. point. But Ridley, Jefferson, Robinson, Hopkins. That's what I consider. Oh, right, Jefferson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, Justin Jefferson, 100% for me. Like, um, I, I will eat all the Justin Jefferson chalk. I don't even think he's going to be that highly owned. But um, what else do the Vikings have to play for except to try and just get Justin Jefferson all the yards here? Um, they're down their best running back. So maybe the run game won't be quite as effective as usual, although it could be because it's the, the, the Lions. I just feel like this is a spot where D- Detroit has such a thin secondary. They've given up. Um, Jefferson's just going to be running all over the field here today. Uh, there's no pass rush for Kirk Cousins. Diggs, we talked about. I'm ruling him out. I think it's actually uh, – I think Tampa's defense is, is going to limit Ridley at least a little bit this week. I don't think you're going to get a repeat performance. I think, I, I think Tampa's going to win that game handily. Uh, their defense might really show up. So I, I think Ridley is like fine, but I think there's more risk there than people realize. I don't want to touch DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I don't want anything to do with that Arizona LA game. Quite frankly, I think it's going to be ugly. I think Robinson is probably the second guy I would consider there. I think uh, he's primed for a, a decent game. I actually don't mind going down to Mike Evans either, but um, I would, I would actually almost say Mike Evans is like my second favorite if we're going to include him and, and go to that and like just throw him in there with that group. But Justin Jefferson for me, number one. Yeah, it's going to be Justin Jefferson also. Uh, one one note on Calvin Ridley, even though I group these guys together, he's a little bit more expensive at 8500 All the other guys are just below 8000 So Justin Jefferson, yeah, I think if we have to play into some of the narratives here, which we kind of have to for Week 17, because how often have we seen a guy who's like, oh, this guy needs a 250, this guy needs 130 yards to get a $250,000 bonus. Yep. This is something the players are very aware of in the NFL. And we see all the times, where, where there are teams who are, who are like, like the, the, uh, the Buccaneers offensive coordinator came out and made a statement. He said, Mike Evans needs 54 yards to be the seventh, the, to be the first wide receiver in NFL history to start his career with seven consecutive thousand yard seasons. 
He knows exactly what that number is. If you don't think they're going to throw the ball to Mike Evans every single time until he gets to his 54 yards, yep. th- that's exactly what they're going to do. He might come out of the game after that or something, but yeah. there, there is almost 100% chance he gets at least 54 yards. There is a, there's a, I guess there is a little bit of risk with Tampa. At the same time, like Tampa as an offense, uh, I, I don't think Bruce Arians is going to be like eager to just like, like if they're rolling – I don't think you can be like, okay, we scored two touchdowns, like get out. Like this offense has been terrible all year, right? Like, well, not terrible, but to the point where they've been really inconsistent. They're trying to work in Antonio Brown. I think that th- at the very least, he's going to let him run up the score before taking him out. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not very worried about the Tampa situation. I think Mike Evans is a really good GPP play. I don't think he's a must play because Jefferson is there and I still prefer him. And there are like DK Metcalf is, I think an actually really interesting play this week too. His price is down, but I do like Evans. Um, a player I'd rather be slightly overweight on because I don't think we have him projecting for any ownership. Uh, people just not buying into anything here, it looks like, with Mike Evans. So um, you can go overweight Mike Evans very easily um, on the field. What is his ownership? Uh, it's sub 1%. So yeah, here's... Like, I can't even find him. He's so low. <laughs> so, which is really shocking, to be honest, because, I mean, he's, he's, he's averaging 9.5 targets over his last four games. Like, he's, he's, he's the dominant number one there right now again. Um, so... Yeah, we'll see. I just can't go there at that price point. I know there's basically is, no yeah. ownership, but the, he, he's very expensive. And the other thing, too, is it, it's just not an important game for the Buccaneers. And I'm really yeah. going to try to focus my lineups just as just as a rule and a, and, and a point of, of case for me in terms of how I make my lineups. I'm, I'm trying to make them around just players and teams that 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 care. Like it, I want, I want players in my, in my lineups that want to win. And I really think that Mike Evans gets to 54 yards and then probably doesn't play a whole lot of snaps after that. That's what I think the Buccaneers number one goal for this game against the Falcons is it isn't to win. It isn't to change any kind of playoff seating. It's we're going to get Mike Evans 54 yards. I think that's the number one motivating factor for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. Uh, other wide receivers. Let's get into the, the mid range slash value. What, what stands out to you if we're looking at cheaper wideouts? So, um, I really, like I already said, uh, if you guys are just joining the show, I, I really like Brandon cooks this week. Um, I'm going to have to check his updated ownership here just because he's, he's getting a little bit of love now, but like he's still, we still haven't projected for under 10% on Osimo. Um, I, I don't know why, like Tennessee secondary is absolutely terrible. They have no pass rush, zero pass rush. So, you know, Deshaun Watson going to be able to sit there. The Houston's defense is going to put them in a hole early because they're terrible too. I, I think Brandon, like I said, the two times Brandon Cooks has got 10 plus targets this year, 30 plus fantasy points. This is the game where he's going to probably get that. Um, I absolutely love him. He's, he's when he's gotten the targets, he's shown true wide receiver one upside. Love Brandon Cooks this week uh, at sixty nine hundred. I think his price is keeping people off a little bit too. So that's where I'm going. I know he's not super cheap, but um, you know, in that cheaper range. Other than that, you know, this is a week where I really want to pay up for some of these guys. Like I like AJ Brown too in that game. I mentioned Mike Evans. There's not a ton of cheap wide receivers where I'm like, oh yeah, I, I got to take a shot with this guy or I'm super high on this guy. I think Mike Williams is interesting at 5K, Keenan Allen out. Uh, the Chiefs going to be resting starters. I think, I, you know, I, Mike Williams is very inconsistent, but at the same time, we know what his true wide receiver one upside is too. Like we know that he has that 30 point game in him, similar to Cooks. Um, I think it's a good spot to deploy him. Um, but otherwise, you know, Greg, I'm not super interested in going cheap at wide receiver. I think the opportunity is far better at the wide, at the running back position for guys. Like we said, Ty Johnson, maybe Mike Boone, if we get some info that he's going to start, I would rather go there in my flex and pay up a wide receiver this week. 
Um, for me, the most interesting guy is Mike Williams. I don't really have a ton of names to throw out under that. Maybe Tim uh, Patrick. I'll throw out Tim Patrick. So there's a name that's it's going to be kind of tied to who you like in Mike Williams there, and that's Tyron Johnson. Because with no okay. Keenan Allen there, uh, Johnson, who's priced at 4000 um, I mean, he's running a ton of routes. I know he didn't have a great game last week, um, but that was also it was a really low-scoring game against the Broncos. But, I mean, you go back to the last few weeks, uh, other than the three targets last week, he had five targets and a touchdown against the Raiders. He had uh, seven targets and a touchdown against the Falcons. He's playing a pretty significant role now that Keenan Allen's out. Keenan Allen also uh, ruled out in advance of Week 17, so he's not going to be in. I understand that's also why you like Mike Williams. That's also why I like Tyron Johnson a little bit. Both these guys are cheap. Yep. I think they're worth getting exposure to. Uh, Russell Gage is another guy that I think is is worth having in lineups. He'll be uh, a wide receiver on the cheaper end that I'll have a decent amount of exposure to. No Julio Jones. He's been very involved for the Falcons since Julio Jones has been out. Uh, last four games, eight targets, seven targets, 10 targets, five targets for Russell Gage. He scored over 15 DraftKings points in three of those games, but for some reason his price just hasn't really moved. So Russell Gage, I think in a matchup against uh, a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that may be questionable motivations this week, I think that he's somebody else that is is worth getting exposure to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tampa could be throwing like 50 times in that game. Or sorry, excuse me. The Atlanta could be throwing like 50 times in that game. Uh, I was on Gage last week, but uh, it actually wasn't a great play against Kansas City. To be honest, Kansas City's defense uh, secondary didn't give enough credit. But it's it's much better matchup this week against Tampa's secondary. So um, I kind of prefer that. Again, if you're going to come back with a play there. Like I said, I, I feel like Tampa will probably try and put a, at the very least put a cap on Ridley you know, let him get like eight catches instead of 10. So I do like the gauge play there as well. I, I think him and Williams are both interesting. All right. We have got more promo codes here. 2021 is here and celebrate it with Osmo Plus. Get 21 days of Osmo Plus for only $20 when you use the promo code 2021 at checkout. This gives you access to everything Osmo Plus has to offer, including player projections, ownership projections, lineup builder, and much more. And we have another promo code also, because if you love Osmo and you're looking to commit longer term, we're giving you 20% off Osmo Plus yearly pass with the promo code HAPPY. This will be our only discount on a yearly pass, so don't miss it. That is 20% off a yearly Osmo Plus by using the promo code HAPPY. So two promo codes there, HAPPY, and then also the promo code 2021 if you're looking for 21 days of Osmo Plus. So Jeff, let's move over to the tight end position now. And boy, if, if you thought tight end was hard to fill, usually this season, we, we've got a whole, whole new wrinkle here. Travis Kelsey, who has not been ruled out. I find this weird that Kelsey has been ruled out. There's no Patrick Mahomes. There's no Tyree kill. Is there any reason to think Travis Kelsey plays in this game? No, the, the chiefs are insane. If they roll out Travis Kelsey in this game, it's like, he's there. I mean, look, you don't want to say most valuable player. I mean, you know, Mahomes and, and obviously Tyreek too, but like he has really carried them in spots. Um, this year insane he's gonna lead like the league and in, in receiving just broke the tight end record i mean oh the, the, there's no way you can't play travis kelsey this week don't do that to yourself people <laughs> um i think tight end is actually pretty simple this week because there's there's two guys i'm very big on and I, I don't even know like i don't even want to look that much further uh george kittle and no fant yeah I, so I, like, I love both these guys man i mean like i said fant averaging over 10 or uh, averaging averaging blah blah Averaging over nine targets per game over his last two games. Coming on, great matchup. He's due for some positive uh, touchdown regression, too. He's, he's had, like, one touchdown since week two, despite playing, like, every snap. And then, uh, you know, Kittle. It's George Kittle at 6K. 
Yeah, he's the, he's the best play by far. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's he's the best play by far to me. Yeah. So here's the thing with George Kittle, too, is so remember last week he comes back and they're like, hey, George Kittle coming back from injury, long layoff, and they said he's going to be restricted. He's not going to play a whole lot of snaps. He ends up leading the team in targets. It wasn't like a great fantasy game, so it wasn't a situation where it's like, oh, crap, I should have played a ton of George Kittle. He was fine, though, right? I mean, uh, five targets, caught four of them for 92 yards. The quarterback situation there is a little bit of a concern, but still – it's an underpriced George Kittle, a position that's been nearly impossible to fill this week. So just by a mile, he is the best tight end play on the slate. In my opinion, the ownership doesn't bear that out. He's coming in at sub 10% ownership, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Maybe people are just afraid of the, of the quarterback situation. I don't know. Why do you think George Kittle isn't picking up ownership? No idea. No idea. Uh, maybe we'll see it shift on Sunday. Um, you know, just again, uh, let me bring up the tight end here, but um, I, I was surprised on that. I thought it would move a bit. It really hasn't moved that much. Um, you know, like Waller's there, I guess, and people are just trusting that a little bit more. I think, you know what, I think the problem is, Greg, people are taking that news that Kittle was going to be limited from last week. And because we haven't heard this, the 49ers come out and be like, oh yeah, Kittle's going to play the whole game this week. And it's really a nothing game for them. I feel like people are just sort of projecting on the fact that Kittle's probably only going to play like 50% of the snaps again. He played exactly 50% of the snaps last week. I don't, I don't really buy that. Like they, they, there's no, there's been no news from San Francisco that said, Oh yeah, we're going to limit George Kittle again this week. It's just, we're just going to play our, our starters like Kittle's playing. So for me, I think that's kind of working into this. I think it's an advantage. Um, and as you mentioned before, like Kittle led the team in receiving last week, playing 50% of the snaps, even if he plays like 60% of the snaps here, he's probably, he, he could push for like eight or nine targets. Um, yeah, I, I think you just play him. Um, he's so good after the catch, basically playing a wide receiver, a tight end. I know Waller's a similar situation, but a little bit tougher matchup. Well, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say it, a little bit tougher matchup. I understand why people are playing Waller, but uh, I, I don't really understand why people are playing Evan Ingram or even Hawkinson or, or, or Andrews uh, um, over him because uh, those guys, in my opinion – even in good situations, we haven't seen real upside from them. Kittle's got like 35 point upside. Um, I don't think those other guys outside of Waller do so. Yeah. And even the 50% snaps, that was more than what he was expected to play last exactly. week. So not, exactly. not too concerned, by the way, Jeff, we have breaking news. I don't know if you oh, just saw this, uh, but so we're going to have to double back on this because it's pretty significant from Jay Glazer. Um, the entire saints running back core has been ruled out for tomorrow's game because of contact tracing with Alvin Kamara. So that means Latavius Murray, Burton, DeAndre Washington are all out in addition to Alvin Kamara. Ty Montgomery, who's on the practice squad, has been called up. Ty Montgomery will be the only active running back for the Saints, and he is priced at 4000 My initial reaction is just give me all the Ty Montgomery. 4000 oh, no. with Drew Brees at quarterback, him likely catching some passes. Uh, it, it's pretty hard to get away from that kind of value. Wow. I still want to play Ty Johnson instead. Ty Montgomery is not good. Um, and look, Taysom Hill, Greg, he's still active. Taysom Hill, you're going to see in the backfield. This is my initial reaction to this. I, I, I'm Ty Johnson's not good. Um, I know he's going to get Ty all Montgomery. the snaps. So I'm not going to rule. I'm not going to say like fade Ty, Ty Montgomery, uh, but like, you're going to see Taysom Hill in the backfield a lot. So I would rather play Ty Johnson on the Jets over Ty Montgomery. 
I'm gonna yeah, stick, I mean, I'm gonna stick to that. You guys can come back and roast me next week if that. I mean, I mean, but here's the deal. Like, I mean, why not both? <laughs> you you play you could, both. You could them, definitely right? play both. Yeah, you play up to play two running back. You could play up to three running backs on DraftKings and FanDuel, and I think I'll yeah. have plenty of both of them. So Ty Montgomery, it doesn't even matter how how good he is individually. It's just the opportunity there. I mean, he's min price. He's min price on DraftKings. Uh, I have to check if he's even in the player pool on FanDuel because um, I'll, I'll bring that up really quick here while I'm talking. Uh, and I assume he's going to be uh, at min price also because why wouldn't? Yeah, he's oh. he's min price on Fanduel and DraftKings. He's in the Fanduel player pool. Is Taysom um, still at, at tight end on? Fanduel? No, no, no. Taysom, Taysom Hill is at, as a quarterback now. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 long gone. Well, uh, Taysom Hill is is a quarterback now. There. Um, it, it's just the opportunity. It's also a favorable matchup against the Panthers. And then also, don't forget with Drew Brees now starting at quarterback, he throws the ball to his running backs. Ty yeah. Montgomery is going to have to play almost all of the snaps and. At that kind of 4,000 price point, if he's going to play, I think if you're saying he's going to play 70% of the snaps, that's probably even being too conservative. I, I get that Taysom Hill probably plays some of them. They have nobody else to play out of the backfield. Every single, every, every single guy in their backfield just got ruled out because of contact tracing. Montgomery's going to have to play almost all of the snaps, and he's probably going to get targeted six, seven, eight times. It's just hard for him to fail at that kind of price point. So to me, I think in cash games, play Ty Montgomery, and in tournaments, he's probably going to be my highest on running back now yeah we're gonna to have to see um again if this is just an advantage of being an osmo subscriber because they they update the, the ownership projections you can see them going into lock so we're gonna to have to see what they get updated to i assume he'll be the chalkiest play on the slate um you know after we get the projections uh going up but yeah uh like i said like greg said cash game absolutely uh, I don't mind uh you know if you're playing like what if i'm playing a single entry i actually don't mind fading him for ty johnson but um, the, the player I'd still want exposure to. It's not like if I was making 10 lineups or so or hundred lineups, I'm not playing him. I'm just saying, I think there's a little bit more risk there. Um, personally, I, I don't think 70% of the snaps is actually a lock. I think Taysom Hill's going to play a lot. So that's kind of my initial take. We'll see. Um, I, I just am not, I, I know Ty Montgomery is just not that good. So that maybe that's just putting into my bias here, but Greg's probably right. Probably a lock for like six or seven targets. So. And yeah, and it's it's just hard to fail that kind of price point. It, it really is. is hard to fail in that spot <laughs> with Drew Brees as EQB. So, uh, so I wanted to ask you, and then kind of I wanted to bring it up. So tight end, you said that uh, outside of George Kill, uh, George Kittle, you liked Noah Font a lot. Um, so sell me on Noah Font. I, I generally tend to agree. I think if you want to go with a cheap tight end, for me it's TJ Hawkinson. If Matthew Stafford ends up playing, which uh, seems to be very much up in the air, um, or let's see. Uh, limited practice on Friday, still questionable to play. But TJ Hawkinson has been one of the safer tight ends this year. Uh, he does have a couple of bad games in a row. But beyond that, I mean, 11 targets, 9 targets, 8 targets, 7 targets. He is the starting tight end in the Pro Bowl for the NFC, which I think says a lot about the quality of tight end depth in the NFL right now. Yeah. Uh, but also TJ Hawkinson, I think, in a 4,600 price tag, if Matt Stafford is in, is one of the safer tight end plays. But no font at 4,400. Tell me what it is you like about him. Yeah, they're, they're dissing our, our boy Tunyon here, who's got 10 touchdowns to Hawkinson six. But um, I, I just like the opportunity that, that Fant's been getting since he came back from uh, like a little uh, an injury in, in week 14. Or maybe that was the illness game. I can't remember. But regardless, uh, the opportunities are there. I mean, Drew Locke is looking his way a ton. Uh, and, and realistically, I like the Detroit-Minnesota game is good. But like Matthew Stafford, he's, even if he starts, he's not a lock to play the entire game. So 
um, you know, you could be getting like a, a Mr. Blau situation, right? Which I, I don't want to rely on on Mr. Blau to, uh, to to throw the ball to TJ Hawkinson a bunch late in the game. I think that Fan is is also perhaps a, a little bit of a better player. I, I mentioned it's pretty close. Like it really realistically, it's pretty close. I think the matchup though is better for the Broncos to put up points. Um, I, I think Vegas is is the is the worst defense between them and Minnesota. And I just feel like Fant has been operating as their number one. Judy's is, is such a bad connection with Drew Locke that, you know, at some point Fant is going to get in the end zone again. He's, he's well overdue for a couple touchdowns. Um, I, I think this could be the spot. I really do. I feel like he's kind of just been surging towards that breakout game. I like it. Um, I think it's, I think it's probably closer than I'm letting on, but for GPPs, I just like that Locke Fant connection. It's 9,400 combined. Um, I just uh, and I don't even mind like playing Kittle in the flex with those two either. By the way, that that's kind of like uh, something I'm thinking about doing. So, all right, moving over to defenses. I think there's one defense that just is a million times better than every other defense on the slate, and that's the Cleveland Browns. Twenty five hundred playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers nothing to play for. They clinched the division last week. They got Mason Rudolph starting at, at quarterback. Who who doesn't want? We, we get the run back of the Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph. Yeah. I hope he hits yeah. him upside the head with his helmet again. That would be just terrific content. But still, I mean, twenty five hundred for the Browns. A pretty solid defense going up against all the Steelers backups. By the way, the Steelers offense wasn't playing all that well anyway, right? Like they were. Exactly. They, they were playing pretty mediocre and. And, and and now we've got all the starters out. So the Browns, a good defense at close to min price. I, I think that's probably as good of a defense play as we've seen all year. And it's not even like they're all that popular. The only thing, the only reason you wouldn't play the Browns is, is for ownership purposes, uh, which, you know, kind of has some credence to it. I don't mind going down to the Jets at 2,300. Um, people playing the Titans, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't really see it quite frankly. And by the way, guys, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's smash that like button. Let's try and get up to 100 before the end of the show, if we could. Really appreciate it. Uh, you guys tuning in here on the last week, but hit that like button if you could. I'll give you my hot defensive take, Greg, here. Uh, once right. people smash the like button for us. The Buffalo Bills at 3,200. Yeah, Buffalo I don't like Bills. that. I know they're going to probably <laughs> sit some guys. I know they're probably going to do it, but I think they're the better team than Miami. Tua is starting, and because he's that he has to now. And two is not good. I, I think the Bills defense is going to come to play here. I think they're going to get some turnovers. I think they're going to play the spoilers. So if you're going to pay up, I really like the Bills at uh, really low ownership. Um, the Browns for me, yeah, cash game, just do it. I'd still probably rather be overweight on them as a GPP play. And I think if you're going to go cheap, go the Jets. Because like I said, um, they, they can they can play without, you know, like feeling guilty about losing a pick now. They can just go beat the Patriots and be like, hey, now you lost to the Bills and the Jets two weeks in a row, pal. So um, I kind of like the Jets at 2,300. Yeah, I mean, the, the one – well, two two real cause of concern for me with the Bills. Number one is, like I said, I just don't want to target teams that are, that are I think, are going to be resting players or potentially don't have reason to win. Number two, even if Tua hasn't been good, he's been underwhelming this year, they're so conservative with the play calling for him that he, he doesn't turn the ball over. He's thrown two interceptions all year. Right. So, I, I, so that's really the concern there is, I mean, there's <laughs> – there's there's limited opportunity for big defensive plays when a team is running the ball against you or two is throwing three yard passes. So that's that's the real reason is two just doesn't well, really make a lot of mistakes. Since we talked about it at the start, this is how I see that Bills game going. I think Josh Allen comes out and Steph Diggs. They get up 14, 14-3, let's say, and then they just pull Josh Allen. And then they just let the defense go to work on two of the rest of the game. And I think like I think the Bills are gonna win this game, basically is what I'm saying. Cause I really think that the the Bills are gonna come out. 
put the put the Dolphins on their heels because I think they want to eliminate the Dolphins. They're they're division rivals, right? So that's just how I, this is pure speculation, just a hot take by me. But that's what I think is going to happen in this Bills game. Um, and that's why I kind of am leaning towards the Bills as like a one percent owned GPP play, but it's risky. Greg's right, but I, 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 they're kind of my hot take play of the week at DST. All right, so I know you need to get out of here, Jeff. So guys, do us a favor, like the video, give us the thumbs up, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and Jeff, for the last time this year, favorite stack of the week. Who do you have? Oh, it's it's we're going super cheap, super saver in week seventeen, Greg. It's Drew Lock, no fan. We're gonna get a fan touchdown. 9,400, let's go 5X, you know, get us 50 points. All right, so if he has a big game, I end up losing a lot on MVP bets. So give me Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. <laughs> I have Patrick Mahomes to an MVP. This is a hedge against all my betting interests. I also think it's a very good high upside GPP play. Aaron Rodgers only projecting for 3% ownership right now. In general, ownership is pretty flat this week, particularly at the quarterback position, but still 3% is very low for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, with a win, they do clinch the number one seed in the NFC. With a win, they likely get Aaron Rodgers the MVP. I would like if Mitch Trubisky and the Bears plays upset and they don't take the one seed and then Patrick Holmes is back in play for MVP. I don't really think that's going to be the case, though. Give me Patrick, uh, give me uh, Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams as the highest scoring stack of the slate. So that's going to do it for us. Jeff, this is our final show of the year because there, there is no more NFL regular season. Uh, I think there's a chance we'll be doing some live before locks or something, but we'll see how that breaks out. Uh, guys, thanks for listening all year. We did much better numbers than I ever expected we were going to do. A lot of people tuned in. That is much appreciated. Jeff, get on with your daily activities. Jordan, play the music. GPP winning producer Jordan, play the music. Oh, wow. And <laughs> guys, have a, have a good weekend.